Check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing! Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. This episode is brought to you by the Landis Team, your go-to real estate family in East Tennessee. If you are looking to buy or sell, we are the ones you should call. Give us a call at 865-660-1186 or check out our website at YvankaSellsRealEstate.com. That's Yvanka, Y-V-O-N-N-C-A, SellsRealEstate.com. Welcome back to Talking Tennessee with Yavanka. I am your host, and I am here on part two of Reggie Jenkins' interview. Conversation has been yep, great. Conversation, yeah. Yes, conversation. Reggie, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Everybody has given rave reviews about Reggie. I've had people tell me it's been refreshing cool. to hear someone um, just give her, uh, their perspective of being a, a man in America, yeah. being a Mar- man mm-hmm. in uh, East Tennessee. I've had people that have called me and said, Yvonka, that's probably one of the best interviews. Cool. So Thank I want you. you to know that. Thank I didn't want to tell you off camera. I wanted to tell you I on appreciate, camera I appreciate that some that. people said that yours was some of the best interviews I, that I've ever cool. done. That's cool. So I want you to know that's that. That's an honor. Yes, so, mm-hmm. most definitely. So let's get right into it. We need to mold the disgeneration yep. of men mm-hmm. and women, yep. but mostly men. I think that this generation is going through different things yep. than, uh, than we went through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that this generation doesn't know how to na- navigate through this world. You know, everything's so expensive. Yep. Everything is so uh, recorded. Yep. Yep. Everything is so public, yep. you know, that type thing. And it's not always a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes when things are public, you know, it helps bring awareness to great topics, subjects yep. or whatever. But sometimes this youth needs guidance without judgment. Yep. Yep. Do you agree? I agree with that. What are you what are you seeing in this generation of young men that you're having to groom? What are you seeing them lacking? Well, uh, a lot of them are lacking, you know, like a strong foundation. Okay. They they lacking discipline. Okay. Uh a lot of them are lacking a, a, a affection and love. Yeah. They I mean, it's just bare bones stuff. A lot of our young people are lacking love and affection because we were talking earlier about social media and all the devices and everything we have. Mm-hmm. But what we don't realize is that how that impacts us as parents and as adults. Yes. Because we spend just a lot, just much time on these things and then, and we neglect our children. But adults don't want to admit that. Yeah. We neglect our children. They do. And, and one thing I love about these young people that I work with, they come out the womb voicing their opinion. Yes, they do. I, and you know, when we was coming up, I, you know, I got a son. And a lot of his peers that I work with, and the babies, I got five year old babies that can voice their opinion. Oh, you hurt my feelings. Yes. You know, that, that hurt. And I'm listening like, you're five, but they can voice their opinion. But there's grown men that would never say mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that right there is, let's te- tear the band aid off. There's so many young men, there's so many, you know, older, older men, men <laughs> that our generation and back, Reggie, of men were taught. 
to be strong, you had to not cry. You had yep. to not show emotion. Yep. You had to be strong no be matter. Be seen and not heard. That's what we Be seen, up, not heard. Yeah, and, you boy. know, the, the heart, I understand to a certain extent what the older generation was trying to teach. Yep. But it really put a void in kids' lives. Yep. And that love connection, you know, I'll, I'll say, we'll talk about my husband for a second, is that my husband, I had to help my husband find his voice. Mm-hmm. Three to four years ago, God gave me a word for my husband, and he told me to tell my husband, as long as he stayed silent, that God couldn't use him. Mm-hmm. He said the day that David opened his mouth, that God <laughs> would be able to use him. He said the devil can use you when you're silent, yeah. because when you're silent, you're not doing anything. Yeah. But when you open your mouth and you allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to speak up and speak out yeah. on on good and bad, yeah. that you gain your voice. Well, it's not the easiest to give a word to your husband. Yeah. Let me just say that. But when I gave it to my husband, my husband, you know, I've said things in the past but that time it hit David. Yeah. It hit him with it like a boulder. And and I said, David, I hope you can receive this. I know the prophetic, you know, um column that's on my life, it's not easy for you. Mm-hmm. You because that's not what David signed on for. I didn't yeah. sign on yeah. for that. I didn't know I was gonna have a calling on my life mm-hmm. that I would be speaking in people's lives that, you know, that was so close to me. So when I spoke in David's life, I, I felt like Oh God, God, I can't say this to him yeah. because he's not going to receive it because I'm his wife. Yeah. But he did receive it. And David started speaking up. And I told David, I said, David, at first it's going to feel uncomfortable yeah. because it's not something you're used not, to it's doing. Not the norm for him, yeah. But I, the more that David kept speaking up, we, more men started coming saying, David, yeah. Yeah. thank you for saying this. Men came to him and said, that one gentleman, not uh, saying the name, came to David and said, you know, I grew up with a single mom. Yep. I didn't have a father. And he said, I want to be an affectionate father yeah. for my daughters, but I don't know how, how to do it. Yeah. And he said, David, I watch you and I see you with your kids and I see you hug and I mm. see you be so affectionate with your kids. And he said, I didn't get the childhood that you had. Yep. And David stopped and he stopped the man and he said, we're going to just say his name was Bill. And and he said, Bill, I didn't get that affection yeah. at my house either. Mm-hmm. He said, my parents were great. And he said, I, you know, I take nothing from them. He said, but affection, I did not yeah. get. He said, the hug and the kissing Kissing's that up. you I see, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do with my children. I didn't get that as a kid. And he said, but what it did do for me mm-hmm. is it showed me what I didn't get. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure my kids got had it. that. Yeah. But everybody doesn't get that wake and up call. And you got to also give yourself credit because wives, girlfriends, whomever, bring that value. When you get two people that 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 marry or get together, you're talking about two different life experiences, yes. two upbringings. Yes. And so one may be affection and one not maybe, but it's like you know that stuff is like it's like it's it just spreads love spreads it does it does i'll give you an example my wife um uh, you know long time ago she wasn't a very affectionate person yes and i remember she she telling me a story about her roommate who was okay like her family she came from a family they weren't huggers they weren't doing all yes. this they wouldn't know yes. all that stuff and a lot of us came from that 
But her because her roommate in college was so affectionate, it just afterwards just bled into her. Yeah. And she went back home and she started doing it. Yes. Now her family is everybody's love and hugs and stuff. So like she that. had to teach them. Mm-hmm. And see, a she lot was of, taught and she had to teach. But I think a lot of times people get embarrassed what they don't know. Yeah. And so when you trying to teach somebody something, yeah. they think something's wrong with that. Why are you touching me? Why are you, you know, you know that? Yes. Yeah. But it's like with David. David was like. I did not get, we were not huggy. Yeah. We were not kissy. We were nothing like that. He said we were a family, a good family, but we just was not affectionate. Yeah. Versus I come from a family that was very affectionate. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I'll show you the difference. David came from a family a household that he never saw his parents ever argue. Mm-hmm. He never saw his parents ever have a disagreement. Yeah. And I used to envy, I used to be envious of that because I felt like, I'm like, but I came from the hell raising family. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like mom and dad, they voiced their opinion. They yeah. going to say what they got to say. And so I felt like that David got something I didn't. But God showed me years later that it was a mix. Okay. Because you need to know how to problem solve. If you never see your parents ever have a disagreement, I'm not talking about an argument like a full-blown battle, yeah, disagreement, but I'm yeah. talking about just a true disagreement and you don't get to see your parents problem solve. Yeah. You, you're going to leave that household not and you're not going to have a problem solve. Yeah. And there's a lot of men that women are like, why are you not reacting? Why are you not doing this? Why are you not protecting? Because you know, why? and it's funny, but, a lot of women like in tune emotionally, a lot mm-hmm. of them are. And so if a man don't show it, you think yes. he don't care. Yes. And it's not that. Yes. It's just the fact that he's like, we process things differently. Totally different. You know, like, you know, and so because I, I, I can see myself in that situation. Like, I try not to get emotional. When I get emotional. Yes. I don't think straight. I may say something wrong. I right. may do something wrong. Right. So I try to stay, even if I'm making a mistake, I try to stay. And so, you know, at, at some point in my marriage, it was a thing where she didn't think I cared. It wasn't that I didn't care. Yes. I was just processing what yes. was said. And and I'll tell you this, Reggie, a lot of times I can I can relate to what you're saying because there were times in my marriage that I felt like that David because he didn't react yeah, the way I wanted him to react. It's like you don't care. You don't want to be my protector. You don't want to <laughs> secure me. But what I didn't realize is is that for when he processed different. Yeah. For two, he's going to react different than yep. what I'm mm-hmm. going to do. And for three is, is if you were not taught how to problem solve, yep. even if you see your wife being attacked or you see yep. your wife being hurt, if you don't, it wasn't taught how to problem solve, you don't know how to react to yeah, that. Uh-huh. You don't know how to protect them. It's great to tell a man you're supposed to be the protector. Yep. You're supposed to secure her. Supposed you're supposed to do that. But if you're never taught mm-hmm. how to be a protector, yeah. and the biggest thing I'll say as a woman, protector to us is protect our heart. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. And it's more of speaking up. Yeah. If you see wrongdoing done, okay, speak up and say, no. You shouldn't have done that. Yeah. My wife didn't deserve that. You don't have to go overboard with yeah. it, but just know that we're in this together. Yeah. Because many times, you know, before David found his voice, it was always I was always looked like the protector. Yeah. That Yvonka, she's coming in the cavalry, and, and 
I'm going to always protect David. Uh-huh. People know flat out that when it comes to David, you say something about me any day. Mm-hmm. You say something about David, I'm coming for you. Yeah. And that that type thing. But I felt like, why Why don't I get that same thing? But what God had to show me, Reggie, mm-hmm. is that David can protect me, but he can protect me in a different way. Yeah. And, it, and it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. And I think that came with growth. Yeah. I had to grow and I had to realize it can't be Ivanka's mm-hmm. way all the time. Yep, yep, yep. You know, and you have to have a strong individual to tell you that. Yeah. I think most women are seeking that kind of companionship. Yes. You know, because a lot of, you know, you have some alpha females yes. and you have some passive beta guys. Yes. And they link up. Yes. And that's, and it's cool to be that, but you got to have a voice. You do. Because if you don't, your woman going to run all over you. All and I'll tell you something else. You. Every time I say this, mm-hmm. women get, I'll been out of shape when I say it, but I do believe this. I think in marriage, a woman has a place and it's not the head. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, people say, well, being submissive, I'm not bound down. Submissive is not bound down. Yeah. What God wants us to do is to wherever, whatever area our husband is weak in, that doesn't mean weak as a man. It means weak in a certain yeah. subject. Then you strengthen them. You help them. You speak life in them. You talk to them yeah. or whatever. And I think a lot of young people don't get to see enough women speaking life in their husband. Yeah. They'll see the part of putting down why yeah. you didn't do this yeah. and why you didn't do that. But the biggest thing you can do when you're going through yeah. that season is truly speaking life and putting that person first. And I know yeah. that's hard, Reggie, yeah. but your kids are watching. And and I think also you look into a marriage, you got to know your strengths and you got to know your wife's strengths. And yeah. y'all, you, you, there's certain things like my wife, she's a financial person. Yes. She can build a house. Yes. If she wanted to, she's that person that hands, she, she's organized. She yes. does. She's analytical. I'm a visionary. Okay. I'm the internal optimist. I work outside. I love to do stuff outside. I'm a visionary. Inside, I can't. I'm just not me. But we complement each other because we mm-hmm. know each other's strengths. And we don't try to overstep. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, if you're strong in a certain area, I'm going to allow you to shine. Yes. You know, I think that's another thing for men. And that's why I work with young young, young males. is so important. I, we got to develop a, a generation of guys who are secure enough. To let that woman shine. You better say that. I mean, let your woman shine, man. Because if she shine, we shine. And let's talk about that. I think a lot of times that men put their insecurities mm-hmm. on that woman. Yeah. But they don't want to admit that. One thing I can give my husband, and you know, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you've been knowing David mm-hmm. longer than I've mm-hmm. known David. David Landis gonna let Yvonka shine. Yeah. David lo- he does not want any part of what Yvonka's <laughs> doing. He's he's going to he's going to help me on the back end. David don't need no pat on the back. He don't need none of that. But David does not care about me shining. Yeah, but, but, but a lot it's of me, a security. But yes, it's very secure. You know, I a lot of times, oh, it is. But a lot of times, I hear men and women say, "Oh, well, I got to be the one to da 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 da." See, me and David don't have those conversations. Mm-hmm. We don't care about who shines. See, We're that, the that, ultimate that goal for back, us to shine yeah, together. But that goes back to development. Okay. That goes back to you know a lot of us. A lot of insecurities are are, are, are 
like from childhood develop and it just develop over time. And we have to develop children to understand that it's okay. I, for real reason, like uh, for the first five, six, whatever years, of my son's life, seven, eight years, I can't remember right now. But before we had a child, we knew my wife and I said, he's not going to school. Yes. If anything, we're going to homeschool. Yes. And one of the questions everybody asks, well, how is he going to develop socially? I was like, they don't develop socially in school. I worked in the schools. These <laughs> kids don't know how to conflict resolution. rules. They don't know how to problem solve. They fight in school. They, they do. You know what I'm saying? They yes. they don't. The, the teachers don't even teach the kids classroom conflict because half the teachers are battling the students. That's true. You know what I'm That's saying? True. Like instead, because everything ain't a big to do in a classroom. It shouldn't be. I work with kids. Some battles I just have to let go. Like y'all figure that out. Or yeah. I give you. I Allow pull y'all inside. I pull y'all outside. Like what I do with my children is like if there's something going on, I'm not in the classroom. I'm going to talk to everybody in the classroom. What happened? And I said, the choir don't lie because everybody in this room don't lie. And if the choir is singing, you are wrong. <laughs> the choir doesn't I love lie. that. You know what I'm saying? A solo doesn't... artist may, but the choir, because you know, in a classroom. You Did y'all hear that? Room, the choir don't lie. The choir don't lie. The choir sings. Yeah, they don't lie. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, if you interview enough people, the truth is going to come out. Because every kid in the room don't lie. They don't. They so, don't. So that's so I gotta give that that democratic that that thing and do that, and then I'll find out the truth. And if you're lying to me, I'm gonna get you. And I tell them, I was like, what we have these uh rules and expectations, and the last one is be honest and sincere at all times. They they said every morning. I said honesty will get you far. That don't necessarily mean you may not be disciplined, but if you're honesty. lying to me. And I tell my dad. But, but even with in marriage. Yep. Honesty. Yep. People can forgive wrongdoing yep. when you are honest and say, Straight up. Yeah. I did that a lot. But when you lie, conceal, and deceive, that's distrust. That, that's where the distrust comes from. Yep. Now, let me ask you this. I'm of the belief when I got married, mm -hmm. I believed as long as you had love. Hmm. I'm not. I don't believe it anymore. <laughs> okay, I'm going on 20 years of marriage. <laughs> I believe that yes, you have to have love in a marriage, yeah. but you got to have respect. Yeah. To me, respect, love will come, hmm. but respect, it's either you have it or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't have respect in your marriage, it'll fail. Well, Do you, you agree? Well, yeah, I agree with it. But, but you got to have respect from the gate. Like when when you when That's you meet, like on. when people date, they put their best face on. They, they put their, the best smell goods. They do this and that. Clean up apartment or house or whatever they got on. You, they put all the tra all the all the skeletons in the closet. Yes. But the thing of it is, and that's why I try to when I talk to people is you have to sit down and interview people. You have to grill if you. Like if you just meet somebody and they're cute and you're cute or whatever, and y'all have a casual conversation, y'all agree to go out on a date, he should have a list of things he needs to talk about. Ask her and she should have vice versa. But a lot of people don't do that. They mm -hmm. go on what they look like. They go on what how much money they make. Yep. They go on what kind of stuff. car they yeah, drive. You know, do they have a Nowadays, yep. do they have a house? You know, those type of things. But... One of the biggest questions I think you should ask, 
how did you grow up? Yeah. Did you grow up with two parents? Did you did you grow up with one? How did your parent the parent that you lived with, yeah. how did they deal with the parent that, that might wasn't be, in the that house. might be day four or five. You get deep on the first one, you gonna run me away. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think you should. But ask I, me. Those, those questions should come up because I remember when I first met my wife, it was a house party in a, a Grand Forest Apartments near UT. Y'all, nineties house parties. Yeah, was everything. house parties. And so <laughs> I was in East Knoxville. A friend told me about a house party, and so we we I went. And I was the first guy there. It was it was a, it was her. Her and her roommate's apartment. So I was the first guy there. And back then, I thought I was a cast me out. I thought I was. Oh, you knew you I, was I knew I was. When, you, when I walked in the door, the party started. All right. That's how I thought. <laughs> and so uh, anybody knew me, knew me that how I was. Ready to say that's so how I was. <laughs> she intrigued me. You know, she intrigued me. And we used to do this thing at house parties, like the movie house party. We would do this game called Switch. So when the yes. music come on, yes. Switch dance partners yes. or whatever. And so... When I was the one doing t- yelling switch, so when I got to her, I stopped. Yeah, I just want y'all to know that Adrian is over with a big smile on her face because <laughs> when she just heard Reggie talk about the switch, she don't know about that nineties thing. Yeah. We just did it. Yeah. Keep so, going. so um, what happened was they had the party and they have a little balcony area, and we went outside a little bit after the party. And we talked about one or two in the morning, just talking. So and did y'all switch, and that's how you connected? That's how I connect. Okay, so I met her before, but a friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, it was my frat brother's girlfriend, and she, my frat brother and my girlfriend. She was real cool with her, yeah. so I met her before, but she looked like somebody's little sister, so I didn't pay no mind until then. Where's the Bible? Okay, shout out to your fraternity. Mm-hmm. Who's your fraternity? Five Beta Sigma. All right. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, and so, uh, one of my best friends, he, he, you know, he was, she was in a car with him. And then probably like a year later, we had the house party. But when we sat down and talked, you know, we talked like, look, when I graduated college, I had three jobs. Mm-hmm. I had right. three jobs. I was a hustler. Well, you still was, are. I am a hustler. But yes. I had three jobs working, graduate, was in grad school or whatever. That intrigued her. Right. We we learned we both were from Memphis. Man, we were sitting there talking. So, that, so when you talk to one o'clock in the morning, let me go back a little bit. He's saying that basically he went to a party. They did the switch game. He met his wife. And so they went into conversation. And they sat to one o'clock in the morning talking about different things. Yep. I told Adrian uh, years ago, one of the best conversations me and my husband ever had Mm -hmm. is at the very beginning. We had a four-hour conversation. He ran up his cell bill, $700, riding around East Knoxville (laughs) on the phone with me, $700. But it was the best conversation. Worked best $700. Cause we talked about yes, it. oh my yeah. goodness, and you but a lot of people don't. Yeah, a lot of people nowadays but, do not. You know, not first talk. of all, that goes right back to kids. Where I work with kids, effective communication. Yes, learning how to talk. And if you don't see your mom and daddy talking, back to what I was talking about yeah. a few minutes ago, is what David saw in his household. What he didn't see yeah. in his house. What I saw in mine. He didn't. Well, I saw my parents communicate more than his parents communicate yep. about problems, but my mom and dad didn't communicate in a healthy way. Yeah, they exactly. kept, they, yeah. It was more a hell-raising yeah. way. And so when I got with David Reggie, I never forget Reggie. First time we got in an argument, Yavaka went all the, yeah. Yeah, all the way in. And David Reggie literally was looking at me like, Are you crying? Is your head about to spin? <laughs> <laughs> Is your head about to spin? And after the argument, I was like, 
why was you looking at me like that? And he was like, I didn't know how to react to you. He was like, I've never seen nobody act like that. And I'm like, what? And all I was doing was raising my voice. But he was like, and so he told me about his parents. He said, I never saw my parents ever argue with her. I didn't believe in Reggie. I called my sister-in-law. I was like, Jennifer. I said, I know your brother's lying. I said, have y'all never seen your parents ever have an argument? She's like, no. I said, never had a disagreement? She was like, no. And she was like, but at that moment, I felt like, I wish I'd have had that childhood. But later on, I realized. You find out some other stuff. Yes, now. but yeah. what I realized was that is not a good one either. That ain't healthy. Yet. Because you have to see. Healthy. Healthy. Effective discussion, problem discussion, solving. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Discussions of problem solving for you to know how to deal with stuff when you get, get in point. a relationship, yeah. mm-hmm. when you get married, when you start having kids, because life will throw you a curveball. But if you don't teach your kids how to deal with anything, and it starts with learning how to respect your teachers, yeah. how to respect authority. Learn and respect, period. Yes, you've got to respect. Yeah. And 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 they have to see it in the home. I, well, I, 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 I won't say they have to see it in the home because there's a lot of lessons, mm-hmm. that life lessons that I learned that was outside of my mom. What I'm saying home. is the core part of respect. Yeah. You well, know, if you, if your mom and dad, mm-hmm. okay, are cuss, if I'm cussing you, yeah. Richie, and Daily, I'm cursing you. Mm-hmm. You're my husband. Yeah, I'm cursing you. Sadra's my ki- our kid, yeah. and she's over here and she's watching that. Adrian's gonna leave that household thinking that's how it's supposed Unless to be. Unless Adrian is young enough and have somebody who intervenes, correct, and teaches them, correct. Because the thing about it, if you look at it, schools, the institution of schools have more pull than a lot of parents do. That's true. Because your child is in this institution from eight o'clock. So three or four o'clock every day, 180 days a year. And they see you from five o'clock to eight o'clock before they go to bed. What are you doing in those three or four hours that's impacting that child? And a lot of parents don't, don't a lot of parents don't do a lot because they cook in, trying to get you this, that, and the other. And they ripping and running because mm-hmm. they got to take care of household. And then like trying and to so come you, to play. Yep. And you get older, those lessons ain't learned. So what I try to do in my thing, because like every day, I have a I have a, a conversation with a parent, a grandparent. I had a grandparent call me this morning, early this morning, about seven o'clock, and she's like, she has a grandson. He just started with me a couple of weeks ago, and he's struggling. Yeah, and he's struggling. So my thing is, I don't work with you based on what grade you are, based on what your ability is. So I had to move him, and she said, he this boy cry, screamed and hollered for a, a hour hour and a half. I said, well, ma'am, I said, uh. You stick that boy in that corner and let him ha- have, have a holler and get him to school. I said, because what that exhibits me, he's spoiled. A child is smart. He or she going to do what you allow them what to do. What you allow them to do. If the expectation is for you to do this and you know I'm not playing. See, he's screaming and hollering because obviously he's thinking one of y'all going to give in. See, the difference of my generation, yeah. okay, versus this generation yeah. to me. We had more fear. Yeah. Let me tell you where we had the fear. It's not like we didn't hear, hear curse words. Yeah. It's not like that we did not hear somebody call somebody out their name. Yeah. 
But our generation set the expectations. One thing I say that was good is we knew what we could not say. Yeah. We knew if we heard anybody's name getting called out your name, we knew tomorrow we couldn't say them same words, okay? We could not curse out our mothers. We couldn't curse out our fathers. We that, that, Not saying that never happened, but yeah. the majority, yeah. okay? I'll say in the black culture, we could not do that because there was fear put there. Yeah. Nowadays, the I've, kids of today- I've been in school two weeks. I've heard the B word. I heard the D word. I've heard it. And these are five, six-year-olds. Okay. And so, (laughs) and what I'm saying with that is, is that our generations has not changed. We've heard the same words. There was just a different level of respect and fear that was put there that this generation, they fear nothing. Mm -hmm. They they respect, you have to really start young. I I wouldn't say they fear nothing. They fear, these kids are no different than us. We just they just don't have the models in front of them like we are. Like if yes. you walked in the room, like if you walked in the room, there's some see for me, there's no such thing as a bad child. It's bad okay. parenting. True. There's no bad children. They're bad parenting. Okay. Like you can't get me a five, six, or ten. Anybody before 12, 13. Now, after that, that might be something different. But these babies ain't no ain't no bad child. Put me in the room with them. Because let me tell you, because I, I command respect. When I walk in that room, correct, a human being knows a child knows who to respect and who not to. You said that you've heard the B word, mm-hmm. um, five six year old kids. Okay, this is what gets me with that is these kids have heard that. Yep, and it's not that they just heard it on the street; mm-hmm. they've heard it in their household. But, yep. but, and the but who is the who is the at fault of that? Is it the kid that said it? No. Nope. Or is it the parent that the said it? Around them. Or the parent that accepted that? Because to me, respect. Well, if it's your child, I'm putting the onus on you. I don't care if you it's get, with the own you, uncle, you, aunt, grandma, whoever it is. Yeah. Because, because I because this is what I want a lot of parents to understand yeah. is I've heard women sit and say, well, that they 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 say that because they've heard their father say it, but you allowed that father mm-hmm. to speak to you that way. You've got to take responsibility of what you allow your kids to see and hear. And when yes. you do not allow your kid when when you don't give your kids a chance of learning respect through being example, yes. example parent, you have failed that child because bottom line is that kid would not know the B word, whatever word, whatever, unless they hear it and they hear it at home. Stop saying they heard it at grandma's you know, house. It don't matter where they heard it on TV, on a radio. You control that child. You control that. And you can, and, and when mother and father have those type conversations and they have that kind of, relationship yeah. it will trickle over into your kids and and i just don't subscribe to women that sit and say well the dad called me that and da 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 you should have stopped the stopped him at the first time at the gate you know what i'm saying yeah. but Men, see i think i think a thing of it is a lot of people struggle with self-worth they do you know like value like i, I i've talked to parents 
who I have, our parents don't understand that the mother's on this end and the father's on this end. Yes. And they, it may not be cussing going on, but there's some abuse going on. It is. Verbal or something like and that. And you have to and take the, ownership. And, and I see it pouring to this child. Yeah. He can't perform when he's with me. Yes. He's, he's, he's emotional and stuff. And I had to sit down, you know, me and another and friend counselor had to sit down and say, mom, you need help. You need counseling. And he needs counseling. Yeah. Because what's going on in, you can't hide that. And it's, he is your emotional wheelhouse. Like a child, that's what mothers, moms, that's what you, you are spiritual vessels. Yes. Mama. And if your spiritual vessel is jacked, your child is jacked. Yeah. Yeah. That child, and especially you, these and children, because they, they reflect you emotionally. Like you, like sisters, black women, they have this face and they hold it all together. And they, they you know, just stand the other, they never show this bad side of them. But the emotional wreck, it pours into your child. It does. Child. It does. Your child is emotional wreck. You acting like this child, it came from you. It did. You can mask that stuff but, all day but long. A lot, of parents don't want, a lot of parents don't want to see that. A lot of mothers don't want to see that their kids, you know, I, I hear you were talking about kids 12 and 13 and above. I hear parents sit and say, um, well, I don't know how, you know, Johnny is in all this trouble or whatever. Yes, you do. You're lying to yourself. You do know. You're delusional. One of the worst things that I saw on TV, do you remember the girl that went on Dr. Fields and said to her mom, um, catch me outside? Do you remember that? that? No. Yes, you have to go (laughs) Google Catch me outside. She told told her mother, told Dr. Field and her mother, catch me outside. That she gonna beat her mama's yeah, I know butt. She's mean. This girl is famous for this, and this girl to this day now she's an adult, and she says, "Yes, I'm a rich woman. Yes, yes, I'm a millionaire." She said, "But I will never be able to get past yeah. catch me outside." Yeah. She said, "So I traded my my dignity, my 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 integrity, and everything." Yeah. When I said that on national TV to my mother, mm-hmm. she said, "So I'm rich." I've got a rap career. I got all this stuff. She said, but all I am is catch me outside. And so why am I saying that is because that mother, that wasn't the first time that that child said catch me outside. When you, when a kid. How old was she when she. She was probably 14 maybe. Oh yeah, she's been disrespecting that mama for some years. And that mother allowed that. A lot of When a kid goes on national TV, they done said some stuff before they I got to national TV. I got family members who disrespect their mothers like that. Yes. They don't say catch me outside, but they'll go off because we're we're a community of enablers. We are. We enable children. We enable siblings. We enable family members. A parent enables her child. The child has children. Guess who's raising the child now? The grandmama because you enable that, that, that child. Correct. And so that's what's going on. And we and make are, an excuse yes. by saying, I don't want my kid on, in the system. And I understand you don't want your family member in the system. Then if you don't want that, then you got to teach your kids how to be mothers. You can't let them keep having kids and you keep taking them. You're not teaching them anything if you keep making the excuse and, and taking mm-hmm. the responsibility off of that person. They'll never learn. Yeah. And so we're in that society of parents that really need to understand it starts with them. But I think I think the thing about it is 
my emotional mental well-being has to be together before I can raise a child. Because if I'm emotionally and a lot of us don't even deal with the trauma we have, but we try to parent. I agree. It's hard to parent when I'm emotional wreck. And I can hide it all day long, try to anyway, but it pours back into my child. So I have have to to get myself, even if that means I have to seek counsel. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people want to, because financially their life is okay. Uh Uh, They've got the house, they've got the picket fence of what America says it's supposed to look like. But if you're living in hell in your house, you got to deal with the trauma. You And the reason why you need to do that and go to the professionals that can help you yeah. to get to get past that trauma is if you don't do it for yourself, mm-hmm. do it for your child. Say, you know what? I may not have got the childhood that I should have gotten. Yeah. I may not have had the parent, the perfect parents or whatever you want to say, but I want to be the best parent I can be. So if I'm going to be that, I need to deal with my trauma. I need to go to the professionals and seek, you know, help. When you go to the schools, don't go after the teacher or the administration, hear them out. Let them tell you what Johnny is doing and how they, y'all can work together to get him where he needs to be. But if you look at the teacher, the administration, all that as a enemy, you're, you're setting your kids up to fail because they got to lean on somebody. So if the, if they know that they don't have to listen to the teacher, they don't have to listen to you. They don't have to listen to the preacher. They don't have to listen. Who are they going to listen to? Yeah. And I, I got to also give it the other flip side of the coin, because a lot of parents, please, Experience trauma in school themselves. They do, and they fear trauma. They fear the school, mm-hmm. and I hate like trauma some of the systems systems in school. Like the whole that like the parent teacher conference. I've been to over the years. I've been to a lot of parent teacher conference, and I see the whole setup where you have a principal, vice principal, five teachers, and it's one parent and this kid. Yes, and it's like a gang approach. And let me just say, I never forget going to a parent teacher mm-hmm. conference in seventh grade about Adrian, and I had that set up in yeah, seventh grade. I can't stand that. It was overwhelming to me. And, when and I that, walked in that room and all these people were yep. and and I and Adrian, we were just going over just to get a <laughs> just an overview. But I'm I'm not gonna September. lie that I was just like, Lord, I said today, I turned back around, I said, Oh my god, what has she done? Mm-hmm. I mean, because when you see all those people, and I understand y'all need to have somebody as a witness, and I, but when you line up five, six, five people six people against one, especially like a single mom yeah. walking in the door, they already feel like the world's against them, yes. and the, the daddy's against th- this is what they feel, and you got five, six people sitting there, that is overwhelming. And, and that's I'm why, glad you brought that up. and Because I, I, I can't stand it, and I will walk in there with the uh, parents are calling me, I'll walk in there with them. And I won't say nothing, but my presence changed that whole environment, whole atmosphere, That's good. The whole dynamic. Because I was in there and I stepped in there because I know the game they're playing with us and our children. Yes. That's one of the reasons why I, one of the many reasons why I have my own, because like with my parents, I talk to them. When they come in the morning, we got an issue. We talking about it right there. Right. We keep it moving. They call me. It's not a five on one is us yes. like that grandparent call got my number call we talked for about 20 30 minutes i want there when you're developing children you should have that kind of relationship with yes. parents because i'm a not direct just, approach i'm not just developing your kid i'm helping you out too 
I'm not, I'm, it's not a, and I'm not a miracle worker or whatever, but I am the person where, look, some things going to have to change at the house. Yes. And if you see something I need to do, I am open to it. If you see some things that can help me improve my approach or my school, let me know. You're open I, I, to I'm it. Open because it's a relationship. We don't have those kind of relationships. But I think a lot of parents um, do not welcome other people's opinion. I think that if we welcomed other people's opinion, I'm talking about constructive criticism that you are trying to get. Well, I think I think I think that the only thing about that is you I think parents are open if they trust you. I yes. think with the current system, there's not a lot of people, first of all, that look like them and for, second of all that they feel comfortable with. But I'm talking about more of you have to be able to the very first time you talk to somebody, you have to allow them to give their opinion of what happened. That doesn't mean you got to agree with it. You don't have to agree with it, but at least hear that teacher out or hear that person out about your, your child. And then if you don't agree with, then speak up. But if you walk in it, like you ready to go to, yeah. yeah, that you're going to battle. Yeah. It's not, you know how we raised is if you go in something positive, most likely it's going to come out positive. Yeah. Well, if you go in there defensive, of course, everybody's guard's going to be up. And it's not going to end well. And that's where I think that a lot of parents need to understand that. And, I, and I'm not saying, let me, let me make a disclosure right here. I am not saying that there are not some teachers, principals, whatever, that don't need to be in the job. Yeah. Because everybody that's a teacher don't need to be a teacher. Yeah. Everybody that's a principal does not need to be. Like, I love kids, but I know. <laughs> Reggie, I don't have patience. Yeah. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you. That was not my calling. God yeah. didn't put that on my heart. Yeah. Now, y'all, let me tell you something. God put that on Reggie's heart. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, he loved the kids. Reggie really loves the kids. And Reggie really, he going to fight. And let me tell you something. Reggie going to speak up. And this is the next part of this segment. Speaking up for wrong and right. Mm -hmm. Reggie is going to speak up. And let me say this publicly. There's been times, Reggie, that I didn't see you post up on Facebook. And I'm just like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Okay. And then my husband will say, because, you know, I didn't know you back then. And David would be like, okay, because David knows Reggie, he's saying, Ivanka, look at it this way. He's trying to say it this way. And I'll be like, now I get it. You know, that type of thing. And because David knows your heart, yeah. because y'all been friends for so yeah. long, you know what I'm saying? There's been times that I have said, I don't agree with Reggie. You know what I'm saying? But then there's times that I'm like, he is dead on. And I'll be... I cheer for you, Reggie. I'm literally in my house cheering when you say some things, even if I don't agree with it. At least you are a man that will speak up. You don't worry about public judgment of, oh, well, you know, whatever, whatever. Because we're in a world that you got the people that speak up on social media that get judgment. You get judgment like no other. 
but but you still do it. You know, but well, then there's some people got, that won't make, that got, won't speak up at all. You got a lot of people in America, in the world, who just like bend with the wind, go with the wind. Yes, everybody. We all have principles. Yes, you married and you don't agree with everything your husband says. Correct, and vice versa. Correct, but that's respect. You don't want nobody you gonna agree with all the time. Exactly. You know, it's like for me, I could be dead wrong. I'm gonna put it out there and see what 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 people gonna say. And, and, and I and, and, and go back and forth. And this, if it's cause, I'd be like, you know what you write. Or I'd be like, no, 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 But like a lot of the people that I battle, we friends. Like we That's talk true. on the phone. That's true. We kick it. Yes. They know how I am. Yes. Once you understand me. Yes. It's cool. You know what I'm Dana's saying? Biggest but I, I'm not on there with the latest gossip and drama no. and talking about people. You're and always all that trying stuff. to come I'm with I'm talking about substance. topics. I'm not yes. talking about people. I don't want to disrespect people. Right. You know what I'm saying? I I feel like I want to be the type of person. I, I am the type of person that I can roam in any circle and I don't try to judge anybody. All I want to understand how you think and where you come from. Why does men not speak up more? Especially socially. I'm talking about more of we have social media out there. Yeah. Now. And the biggest platforms is social media. So you can speak up on topics that can really help. Other people. I think a lot of people Why don't want to get that deep, man. People don't, a lot of people, we're, we're in a celebrity-driven age. We're in a, 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 a reality show-driven age. Yes. We're in an entertainment-driven age. If it ain't sports or reality and stuff like that, people don't want to get deep for the most part. People just... Why? I don't know. I think they think that's uh, 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 it's too serious. It's, it, it's a downer or whatever. Do you think it is... Okay, okay, too. so I'm about to say something. Okay, I was about to say. <laughs> I know women are labeled as we want to be liked, but men want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And I think this just an opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to agree. I think a lot of men don't speak out because they they don't want to they don't want to be in trouble waters. Yeah, they, they want they want to be liked. They don't want. To ruffle any feathers. So if I don't speak up, then everything is still kosher. But if I speak up, somebody might disagree with me and then I'm in trouble waters. Well, I mean, you're you're right, because at the same time, you got to understand with social media, your employer is watching you, too. Oh, yes. You know, like I know, like when I speak, I know certain political figures watch me. I know certain people in government are watching. I know all that stuff. Pastors. I mean, I know all this people. So people... A leery, but that don't mean you can't make a stand on certain topics. And that's where I'm I'm saying that we have to, if we sit and we're so judgmental mm-hmm. about this generation, mm-hmm. we can all talk about what the millennials, the Gen X, the Gen Zs, er, we can talk about everything about what is wrong then why can't we speak up more about how to make it right? How to make a difference? How And Reggie, you do that. Yeah. I, you honestly do. But you got, you, you, got, you, got, you, got you got a lot of chilies. You, 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 you got a lot of people. It's like a sporting event. When you go to UT Vol game, how many people in the stands? 100,000 people. How many people on that field? 40-something. Yeah. Everybody in that 100,000 can't be on that field doing the game. It's true. And a lot of them live vicariously through those players. 
True. So, you know, when you think about the work in the community or city or whatever, it's always been a few people. It's always been that that core group of people. But that's where we have to do better. Well, you do better. We have we have more. And and I do feel when you have more, you need to do more. You can't sit and knock everything of a generation but you don't want to give to that but you, generation. But you also, knowledge you gotta understand another thing factor, particularly with black men, a lot of our heart and courage t- been taken out over the past 60, 70 years. Okay. Anytime a black man in America stood out, spoke out, and was strongly convinced what happened to him. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Incarceration, exile, assassination, murder, all this stuff is going on for people who speak out. And that's historically speaking. So a lot of us you know, we don't have that. It's like the cowardly line and so Wizard what, of Oz. So, what makes you different? I, because I, who are my upbringing? My father was that kind of dude. My my family, you know, I saw that kind of person. I found that in myself. By I, I'm a, I love history. I love historian and people that example. It's just in my DNA. I can't not not do this. I cannot. Yeah, that's me. I just can't. It's just but in my you, DNA. But we we come with a lot of judgment though it's, for doing I, it. But see, but but. but Monica, but, but, but you, I understand. Be honest with it. I don't even sleep. I don't even think about that. See, I when it comes to me, if you, unless if, somebody bring me like you being just the only judgment that I worry about, mm-hmm. well, not worry about, is concerned about is God. There was a time I used to worry about what people would yeah. think, but now it's like I have to speak up and speak out because. I've got a God that I've got to yeah, answer to. Yeah. And I know he wants me to make a difference. He does not want me to stay silent on wrongdoing. He does not want me to stay silent on things that can help the next generation or help yeah. the generation that's in front of us. We have to be that. And I think that a lot of people grow up, somebody silenced them in some kind of way. You know, I don't know if if it's in the church or if it's in the school system or whatever, yeah. but we... We but have you, to. I'm gonna give you a, a lot of us think we are making an impact. A lot of us think we are because we're part of these organizations, we're part of these churches, we're part of these civic organizations, all this stuff. And we'll have a, a, a like Thanksgiving, we'll have a feed the homeless, or we'll have this tournament and we raise money for this scholarship. So a lot of us in our minds think because we do one or two, three acts a year, we are actually making an impact. And but, people don't realize. People live 365 days a year. And if that event of a day or two, if people only dependent on a day or two, you that's how you have to think about it is, is what kind of impact can I make that is going to be a bigger impact of multiple days than versus just a couple of days? Because let's be honest, sometimes people do things for those couple of days. To make themselves feel better about themselves, it's not really about the event the or the, the or service the or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's more to say, "Well, I've made it. I'm successful. I'm this or whatever. I'm doing this so I can feel better. Like I've given back to my community." But truly, giving back to your community is all is service. to me is service. service and looking for ways to help on a regular continuously. Basis. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You may not do it every day, but you need to be doing something. And and I do really believe that social media, 
I think that I'm not saying it's everybody for everybody, but I do think that a lot of times when you see different topics come up and you scroll and whatever, if you stop scrolling and you give an opinion, you don't know whose life you could change by just them seeing you make that opinion, somebody that they look up to. You never know who is who really admires you. Yeah. So when you make that comment, you know, that may change. Like, that I, and I think like we're going back to men. That's why I like work with children is uh, uh, the fact that there's a group of men in Louisiana. They was having a lot of violence in the high school, something. Like that. And so a group of them gathered themselves together and called them dads on duty. And so they, they in the schools and the violence ceased. Because a group of men in the community said, we're going to be here on a regular basis. And we're going to stop this. And, and, I'm, and I'm saying that, like I say this here in locally in Knoxville, I know a lot of guys. And like, if, like I say, let's say I know 80 guys. And if I say each one of you all give two hours a week to this particular cause. Mm-hmm. If 80 guys give two hours, 160 hours a week mm-hmm. times four, that's 640 hours. Mm-hmm. You, you can make an impact on whatever a that thing impact. is. You don't have to, you know, like like a lot of people get gather God, gather kids and they'll have something on a Saturday once a month and they'll have a talk and they think that these kids got to go back home. They got to deal with all kinds of stuff. Yeah. How can we impact them on a regular basis? How can you do that? But that was, means you have to sacrifice your time, mm-hmm. energy and step out your comfort zone. Well, let's let's talk about that. Me and Reggie had a conversation off camera because I always mm-hmm. try my best to have a conversation to get to know who I'm interviewing. And, and Reggie made a valid point. He, we were talking about the church and we were talking about, I said, historically, women bring Christianity in the house. Mm-hmm. You can go back generation after generation. And I said to Reggie, I said, why do you think that is? And, you know, and, and, Reggie, I want you to tell what you said the reason why that. Yeah. Women are spiritual vessels. Y'all have the children. Like, and it is, it's not just Christianity. If you look at Islam, you look at any religion in the world, if you look at that motor of that religion, it's the woman. Okay. Because you all, you all birth children. Women typically think of when you, especially when you have children, you're thinking about the child, the household, the husband, the mama, the grandma, men, a lot of times thinking about ourselves and what we need and our needs. But y'all are spiritual vessels. All, all, if, what, but what makes a man go from a selfish act like that? That's a trained behavior. That's a learned behavior. Okay. Because a lot of us, that's another thing why having a school is, School ain't just about algebra and geometry. School is about life. How can we bring forth life into this child? He's already on the board, but how can we help bring life? How can we teach children how to think? Like, like I'll give you just a real quick example. This morning, we had a morning ritual. We went outside and let them just because they kind of came in. like So we went outside and did some exercise and stuff. Okay, ladies first. Let the ladies go and let the line it up first. Those are the things. Mm-hmm. Where is little boys going to learn how to just say, okay, ladies first, open the doors for them. Think about outside of yourself. Yes. Those little things add up. 
And so if a five-year-old's learning that, so when he becomes a man, guess what he does? He understands he got to put his his wife needs before his children's needs before his own because I you train that into because them. there is a lot of men and women out here nowadays that you have the women that feel like they're never valued, never valued or yeah. first or or whatever in the gentleman's life, yeah. their husband's life or boyfriend's life, whatever. And then you have the men that's over here yep. that feel like. They're not you know, valued. They're not valued. And I'm going to tell you where, because y'all know I, I look at both ends. Mm-hmm. I think where women need to do better is, is you have to remember when you get married, there's two people up there. Yeah. There's no children up there. Mm-hmm. There's no mother. There's no father. Yep. There's just two people, a husband and wife, become one. The union. Okay? The union. So you have to remember no matter what goes on in our life, we can't forget that it started with me, me and you. And you. Yeah. But I think a lot of times women start having kids. Yeah. And I do get that, you know, there's a lot of responsibility there, but you still can't forget your husband. Yeah. A lot of people probably thought I was crazy when David got sick and I had to tell my 19 year old, Adrian, I need you to talk, take care of your brother because I got to take care of your daddy. Yeah. I can't come home. But I knew that God said you put your husband first. Yeah. Okay, and so I think, but I've heard men sit and say, if my if my wife put me uh, before, like if something happened and they had to choose and they put over my kids and they chose me, I'd have a problem with that. But God would want you to choose your husband before your children. And I know a lot of mothers that would not do that. Yeah. And so that part does come apart that's a part well, I, I think i don't think it's either or for me i think is the thing is if we're a team right and if something happened to me and myself or my wife the children going to be taken care of we're going to yes. secure the children yes but the attention's got to be on me and you it does so I, it, and you have to know that if something like happens to, to her yeah. it happens to you yeah. but a lot of because people, if, if it happens not like that and that's like i said for me Everybody's different. Yes. You know, there's universal truths that we may, everybody has a different value system. Yes, correct. And I just learned, just like, you know, that ain't for me, mm-hmm. for my opinion, but if, if it's what, I just believe that, like, again, I think there's a lot of work to be done before people cross that path of marriage. I, I and I think if we, we, we can set up villages and, and things to, to help young people and little people to, on a road to that, mm-hmm. we will have less of these traumatized uh, situations. They call them marriages, but it's traumatized situations. Yes. You're not really into a marriage. Yes. You're just in a, you're just in a traumatized I'm glad situation. you're saying that you're because dysfunction. I believe marriage is give and take. Mm-hmm. I believe marriage is something you work at. I believe that marriage will change over time. Yep. Um, it, it, and it doesn't mean it's going to change bad. It's going to change, but it it's will change evolve, over time. And yeah. you do, it evolve. And I think both people need to evolve. Yeah. If one evolves, another one doesn't. It ain't going to work. It, it's not going to work. <laughs> okay. And then you have to know that at the end of the day, our main job is to stay together. Yep. Okay. In a happy way. Yep. Not stay together. In an unhealthy way. Uh, unhealthy way. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that stay in marriages. 
let's be honest, for finance, financial reasons. Or for the children. For the children and age. Those three things. Yeah. Those three things. And that's not should be the reason why you stay in a marriage. When you got married, you should have got married for love and yeah. respect. You know, that type of thing. But a lot of people don't. And I and that really affects your children. Yeah, but you I, have to know that. I think that changes with children. I think like for me and my purpose, I, I'm you know I could talk to adults, but my thing is the children. Yeah, and I like today. You got to protect these children. These elementary children when I work with, uh, we learn about the the human reproductive system. We talking about that. They ask me questions, and I'll go through the whole spiel. Mm-hmm. I got to say, this is how life happens. Yeah. This is what birth is. I got to take that mystery out of you with you. Yeah. You're going to go through some changes in 13, 14 years you old. You are. But I want you. My son going through it right walk, now. I want, to, I want to walk with you through those changes. Yes. And so you can help you successfully navigate. So when you're ready to seek, you know, a, 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 a relationship or a marriage or whatever, you'll be more prepared than I was. Yes. You know, and that's that's because we, you know, when we got married and I tell people this, I said, when I got married, you know, respect was there. Love was there. But I didn't know what I did not know what was to come. I did not. You know what I'm saying? And I do think that you need to ask more questions. You need to take more time to get to know the person. Yeah. Okay. But it can't be your ultimate for women. Marriage cannot be your ultimate goal. No. Okay. It cannot be, you know, my time clock's ticking and and I got to get married or I got to have this man. And then when it comes to, I don't see men rushing to marriage though. I don't see y'all rush. Mm. Women, women rush that marriage. But then when they get it, then, then, then they want to complain. Well, you can't do that because that's what you asked for. And so then you bring kids in there and these kids are being affected daily by the choices that you make. Yeah. Because there's a lot of marriages that should have never came together, but came together. And now these kids are being affected and we got to protect our kids. We can't sit there but and, you know what? and forget I'll be about it. honest with you, a lot of us, some of us don't need to be parents. Because some people just don't care about their kid, man. They really don't. I see it. I see people who just... And mothers, that's, that's what's shocking Ooh. to me. I know mothers, yeah. they ain't on drugs or nothing. They just don't have that maternal bond with their kids. And they not. And you know what? <laughs> I thought that I, I remember a time I used to think that everybody had a mater, that maternal yeah. Everybody don't have that. And everybody is not made to be a mother. No. They're not made to be. They talk about fathers. I'm being like, man, it's women out here who just. Neglect their children. They do. And just because you're in the household, just because you're there every day yep. does not make you a good parent. No, no. It's and and, and that's that's it. Ooh, you just you said a mouthful there because man. And I, that's so for me, that's why we gotta develop institutions to save the kids. Now I can't. I, I I'm not with problems or all this stuff. But right. I want children, especially our black black boys and girls, mm-hmm. to have a safe space to be. Yeah. To be. Yeah. We academics great. I'm work on that. But I want you to be just to be like feel like I'm. I'm you love. You're safe. You're honored. You have a voice. You can have all that. I, I just re- reimagining this whole educational system to be someplace where these children can thrive and go. Not only do they, I teach them, they teach me. And let me say something. 
you may not agree with this, to our black parents. If your kid is athletic, it's great. But you cannot live through your kids. Oh my God, you say that again. You cannot live through your kids, put pressure on your kids to keep playing a sport when the, when their time is up. Because yeah. sometimes kids just like, they're done. They're, yeah. you know, I've played basketball, I played football, out. I played this, played that. Yeah. But I think a lot of parents get caught up into going to the games, yep. hanging out with the parents, traveling with the parents, year doing round. all these things year round. And these kids need you as a parent. parent. They do not need you as a cheerleader. Or coach. Yes. I, do you know how many kids I done seen? I've been at games and I see the parents, they sitting at the thing like they the coach. But I mean, literally, legs gapped open, ready to go. And, and I'm just my, like. My thing of it is it's sad for me because like we in you're Tennessee failing your kids. and it's like football is just like above all. It is. And, and, and I'm sitting there like you're sacrificing your child's intellect. Football and basketball. The, the mental, mental stability, emotional spirit, spirit stability. You're sacrificing all of yep. that for a game. And I understand that your kid may be talented, but you need to go look at the stats of the likelihood of your kid going pro. Okay. Slim to none. So you're putting all your eggs in this basket that your kid is going to be that whatever percentage yep. is. But you failed on all these other things. And when they get that first no, yep. you're not accepted. Yep. You didn't get in the school. You didn't get into this. When they get that first no. It's life life changing. It's, it's trauma. Oh, my gosh. I'll I tell you a stat. In Nos, in Nos County, East Tennessee, I say East Tennessee, in the past 50 years, there's been probably 18,000 football players high school. Mm-hmm. At least 18. Mm-hmm. Out of 18,000 the past 50 years, you can't name 20 guys who went pro. You can't name 20. And the last guy I can recall is Randall Cobb out of Alcor, who played for the Green Bay Packers. You can't name 20 guys. And that's like 99.9% of the guys don't make it. Now, you, yeah, you can go to college. Adrian's face right now with you, you can, you can go to, saying 20 guys. You can go to college. I'm not saying that, but. Major, a lot of those kids in that eighteen to twenty thousand kids, you, you gotta think. Let's look at the, look at the thing. Your child's five years old. Go to school, elementary school, from five to eight, three or four times a week. He's at practice. Yeah. For a five or six year old, that's a lot. And the next day, he's sleeping in school. I know what I'm talking oh. about because I've seen it. They're sleeping in the classroom. And wait a minute, they're tired. Let me just say this: football and basketball is not the only thing. For these parents that have the cheerleaders, yep, it's just as bad. Yep, it's so many kids that go cheer, and I'm not saying your kids can't be in, but it got to be a balance, things. man. It has to be about. And then when your kid is saying, "I'm tired, tired. I don't want to do this anymore," you can do this. You can do this. Stop depending on your kids to take you out of an environment. Yep. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Stop thinking your kids is going to make you rich. Your kids are going to take you out of the environment. Mm -hmm. You have to understand that it's not your kid's job to take you. Save you. You the adult. And 
I'm with you on that. I, I preach that to the mountaintop, and these people think I'm crazy when I say it. But we th- let's look at it. That's what, failing your do kids. Do we need another football player? We need plumbers. We need carpenters. We need people. You're a real estate person. You can't name five black electricians that can come and service the houses. You can't. You can't plumbers. Car- you talking about? You ready for this? What? I know two black electricians in That's East what I'm in East Tennessee. I'm so- black plumbers. <clears throat> I know one. But I'm saying, and these people can make and they six make good figures. Money. Y'all don't understand. Y'all can say what y'all want to say, but plumbers and electricians, make they money. make bank. Great money. Okay, Great so why money. y'all over thinking that? But electricians, I'm trying to tell you, I know two blacks. I know one black plumber. Okay, yeah. come on now. Yeah, I want. I, I'm gonna be honest. With you. I want a trade component to my school in the near future. These you better speak because that. Y'all listen. Y'all know I'm connected. Okay. I want to Y'all hear what he's it. saying? If y'all are the connection to help him, I'm telling you, he good for it. Because most, most of our going. kids ain't going to go to college. They ain't going to college. They're not. Everybody's kid but is not made can, to go can, to college. You can't outside. Of, I don't want to offend nobody, but I guess I am. Outside of doing cutting hair and doing hair, we need other skills, man. I'm not knocking. I love my people. Daycare. And they, I love my people. I love those. those. I got great friends who are doing those things. But we need more than that. You can be an electrician. You can be a carpenter. You can a uh, uh, pipe fitter. You brick mason. We got so many needs that if you did it, if you train. But see, the thing is, what a lot of those people who are doing those things, they tell me the young people don't have work ethic. They spoil. They're lazy. They give them a chance. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. And y'all, we're wrapping this up, but I'm going to tell you why. Because the problem is when the kids were of age to work, they were in the sports and the parents said they couldn't work. They got, they got too many games. Mm -hmm. They can't work. They got to go to school and do the games. Well, when the games go away, okay. Yeah, no work ethic. They have no work ethic because you didn't teach them how to have a work and, ethic. And, not only that. and they have to see work ethic in you. Yeah, Parents, right. quit jumping jobs. <laughs> quit jumping jobs, okay? Or better yet, quit just staying at home. Ain't no money coming in. And you just waiting on some check from y'all, somebody Y'all know else. what my tagline is. Get off the couch and do something. Yes, yes. And please, couch if, your child, wide. if your child is three or four, he got toys, put them up. Four or five, start making up that bed. You know, they get older, wash dishes. Teach them how to cook. Teach them how to cut the grass. Daddy shouldn't be cutting no grass oh. no, with our 15-year-old sitting now. Okay. No 14-year-old sitting Listen, out. Washing cars. While we're know. taping this uh, podcast, Reggie can tell you, before we started this, my husband walked out the door. My son walked with him. And you know where my son is right now doing summer? Working, yeah. doing appraisals with his father, yep. learning the craft yep. of his father. Because his daddy is determined before he go to college, he said he's going to have appraisal license. He said he's going to have a trade to be able to do a job to make his own money. Money. We, we're not the parents that believe in that when we leave this earth, we want to leave all these life insurance. And nah. all. No, we leave an opportunity yep. and wisdom. Yep. I'm not saying I ain't leaving them no money, but but it will not be nowhere near with what you think I'm going to leave. Yeah. I'm going to give my kids more opportunities and I'm going to give them more wisdom so they can make their own money yeah. and their own opportunities. And that's where I feel like we can win. Mm-hmm. Reggie, thank you. Thank you. Can I give everybody my taglines and all that stuff? Yes. 
Okay, Go. Reggie Jenkins, Unique Academy. You can U U N I K. Just Google that. Uh, contact me, support me. Oh, uh, when this airs in a month, we have a, a outdoor festival, Grooves in the Garden. It's Grooves our, in the Garden. It's our annual fundraiser. It's Knoxville Botanical Gardens, July fifteenth. Yeah, uh, five Ju- July fifteenth, Botanical yeah. Garden. Yep, five p starts at five p.m. We bring a live band. It's uh, it's an adult party. It's grown folks, no children, none of that stuff. July fifteenth, so, Botanical Garden. Knoxville Botanical Garden starts at five o'clock. Grooves in the be garden. Be there, beat me there. Yep, please let's do. go. Yep, and and let's support Reggie. Please let's do. support his academy. Yep. If you know opportunities is out there that can help grow this academy, please. please reach out to Reggie. Please try to help him. I'm telling you. I put Yavaka's stamp on it. You know, I don't, I don't give her about <laughs> that stamp. The stamp of approval. I believe in Reggie. And Rich, I'm going to have you back. I can't. And I got to shout out my wife now. Go ahead. You got, no, I got to shout out my Go wife. Go ahead. Kamisha Bourne Jenkins. Yes. Miss Him It Up. Him, excuse me. HimItUpNox.com. Okay. She's a bridal seamstress. The best. Okay. The best. This is bridal season. Y'all better get bridal in season. How do you get in touch with your wife? You can call her 865-406-9338. Or you can go to her website, himitupnox.com. Say it one more time. Uh, you can call her at 865-406-9338. Or you can go to her website at himitupnox.com. And you know, the best part I like about it is that the husband and wife that Try to pour into each other. Yep. I, Reggie, you'll be back. Uh, thank you. Tune in every Friday at four for a new download. Reggie will be on this Friday. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Talking Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the first family of real estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalesrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.